Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcaster named Sean Allen... ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. I got my co-host, friend of the show, Grammy Award winner, Carla Carter. I was about to give you a long, drawn-out <laughs> intro, but I'm like, you've been on here about four or five times already. They know who you is, Long hey, Beach, y'all. representing well, this, 1998. Is the first time I think I've been on camera. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, so, y'all. Listen, we were supposed to do this like a week ago, and my hair was going to be like luxurious. But, you know. How did you have your hair? Did I see pictures of your hair? Yeah, first I had the I had the braids, and I had the braids for like two months. I need to go get those done again, but they was kind of like stressing my edges. So, you know, we had to take them out. But it was really nice. Just, just know it was nice. I mean, where's the wig? You could have thrown a wig on if you was worried about your hair. Well, I was worried about my edges. So oh. I can't like, really put the wig on my edges if... Wait a minute. Oh, that's that means if you do a lace front, right? I got a sister. I'll be paying yeah. attention. That, stress, so. that stresses the edges too, you know? And and I got a little something on here, you know what I mean? So I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to mess it up. Wow. I, I'd, like, I'd like to keep my edges. It's, it's a <laughs> lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work. But the, it, the positive it, thing about this is that you got a face. So you don't need do. to, all that extra stuff is for fun and it's a bonus. You're a pretty girl, so, you know, you don't have to again, do all the extra. <laughs> I was talking to Giovanni mm-hmm. earlier. We we did our thing earlier. And I was telling her, I was like, is it conscious? Was it a conscious thing that you kind of stayed with the natural hair? Because as I was going through her resume, and then remembering things I've seen her in over the years, I was like, you've always had like natural hair before it was even a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm Very sure true. she had help with her hair. They probably threw a wig on or whatever, but it was black natural hair. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I asked her like, was that conscious? And she was like, no, it wasn't. That was just all she knew. And I was yeah. like, wow. I'm like, so you're like a pioneer in a conversation that we are just now having when it comes yep. to hair. So shout out to her for that. Shout out yeah, to her for absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. If you but, see uh, little kid pictures of her from the time that she was like a small kid, I think she had sister locks. Wow. Like She's mm-hmm. little, little kid with sister locks. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Giovanni, though. But I was posting this on Instagram and you responded about the rappers not charting. Mm-hmm. What do you, as a, as a Grammy Award winner, 
what what is your take on like rap and hip hop current day rap and hip hop well i feel like one just the obvious is everything sounds exactly the same like nobody's really doing anything different it's just a whole bunch of copycats like recreating what they hear on the radio and i think that's probably one of the biggest issues people aren't really creating people are recreating which Listen, that's the conversation with this whole AI thing to me, too. I'm like half the reason that I feel like like these studios and and I'm jumping to the SAG after thing briefly. But I think these studios feel like they they can take the people for granted because of AI. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's going to backfire on them. And the reason I feel like it's going to backfire is because AI can't create it doesn't create anything new. It just puts a whole bunch of stuff that's already out there back together, mashes it up and makes it something new. You know what I mean? So I think that that's what it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because that's what people have been doing. And I feel like that's why it's not winning. So I think we already have a first look at what will happen if AI takes over because people have been doing it. You know what I mean? And it hasn't been working. So that's my take. Everything sounds exactly alike. I don't care what albums you pick up that's been put in the la- put out in the last five years. The majority of them sound alike. And I think that's the biggest issue. And here's the thing, too. Now, we grew up on some, some amazing music and amazing rappers. But mm-hmm. I feel like with the Internet, social media, it, and I said this on a previous episode with Steven Spicer, the bar is just so low. The fruit is hanging. It's low hanging fruit to rap. There's a low entry level for rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not based on skill. It's not based on artistry. Mm-hmm. It's If you could keep up with a beat, if you could recreate like what you're saying, what you already hear, you know, that's a quick, easy back. I'd be telling these young rappers, I say, y'all niggas need to go back to selling drugs or some shit because you fucking up <laughs> the rap game. Like, I grew up on Tupac, Big, you know, Nas, Big L. Well, they actually had stuff to say, right? Yeah. And they were, and the thing with those rappers that we all grew up with, they were like, so there's a thing, right? And I think we need to really broaden this conversation and apply this language to this conversation. A lot of these young rappers and singers are talented, but they're not artists. This is true. This is true. They're talented. They They can keep up with the record. But they're not artists, but they don't study the craft. They don't know what came before them. They're not mm-hmm. interested. They don't know about the songs. They don't know about the samples. They don't know anything. And there, mm-hmm. there's no interest in it at all. I agree. And um, I, it's the music is taking a hit. You know what I mean? Even R&B music. Even R&B music. The, a lot of these girls could sing, but they're just they're just not artists. They're not. They they don't care about the craft. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the crap. The producers, same shit, like black music as a whole has taken a hit. Black art, to me, has taken a large hit um, because the entry level is so low. They know niggas are not reading contracts. They know niggas want a quick bag. You know, the way we socialize, it, it it's, it's just, uh, and it affected all of our art. Mm-hmm. It affected our movies, our television, it affected our music, the producers, songwriting. It's, it 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 fucked up everything. Sean, I don't I don't feel like any of that was on accident. I feel like it's been engineered. 
Like, I'll never, ever forget. I'm not even going to say a name because I ain't trying to be messy. But one year, I want to say it was like 2008, we were at a music conference um, in New York. And there was huge name from a huge company. Well, I, I would say huge executive um, most most consumers wouldn't know him by name, but if you've been in this industry for some time or have studied um, the music industry or the music business for some time, you would know who this person is. He's right. huge. You know what I mean? Can we say his name? Um, I don't want to say his name. If okay. if I, I can tell you who it is, but I would want right. to. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So right. it was. So okay. he. Uh, at the time, I, I don't, it was, where was he at? It, it wasn't Interscope. Was it Interscope? It was one of those big labels that he was at. And I remember he walked in and he was telling everybody like the, the music that he was looking for. And I will never forget him looking at all of the writers and the producers in that room. Now, mind you, it's some pretty heavy hitters. You had Terry right. Woods, you had Jimmy Jam, you had Bobby Ross and Izzy Avila, you had, um, Rodney Jerkins, like, I mean, heavy Chuck Harmony, heavy right. yeah, yeah. room, real musicians. And never forget, he got up and said, I want that dark shit. He was like, and at the time, uh, Rihanna, that uh, was it R, rated R or something like that that she had put out. And remember, that was like a pretty dark album for her. Right, right, and right. At the time, like, that's what he said he was looking for. And I, he said out of his mouth verbatim, he was like, we don't want that positive shit. He said, if you got some positive shit, take that shit over to Verity. And Verity is a gospel album. So he's pretty much like, they, he was saying, we don't want anything that is, that is, that's not dark. We don't want anything that is not teaching people bullshit, basically. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So they know what they're doing. They're perpetuating the stuff that's happening in our communities and how we see black music like devolving. That's not an accident. They know exactly what they're doing. And right. we keep that shit up. And 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 they do it for money. They like, but it also keep in mind, I don't th- I don't think it's happening from the inside either because stuff like like they don't like this whole TikTok thing, but I agree. Uh, or well, you know, most people do, but the the government and and I'm gonna have to side. It's unpopular, but I'm gonna have to side with Trump on the whole the the whole TikTok thing because <laughs> TikTok. If you think about the algorithm, the way that it attacks the people over here in the United States, they their algorithm is set up for us to see a whole right. bunch of bullshit. The more crazy that they act. The, the more attention they get. But that is not the algorithm in these other countries. You know what I mean? That's not what All they right. see in <laughs> China. That's not what they see in over in these other countries that they would like to, to have, like, respectable and classy people. And you know what I'm saying? I don't want to use the word classy. Like, you know what I mean? You getting into it is anything bad. But civilized, like, type stuff. Not walking around London talking about I'm eating his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I need my coochie scratched. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you just don't do that. Like, hey, listen, that's not you. It's it's, that Suki Han, I'm gonna say her name. It's, I guess it was deadpan comedy, but it's like old now, or it's not, it's not cool anymore. It's not funny. It's it's not. 
And I, I got a lot of people in here who watches and listens to ASAP who are in Dubai, in Kuwait City. Please, can you book Sukihana <laughs> in Dubai? <laughs> so please, I beg you. <laughs> please book her. Throw a bag at her. At this point, they're doing anything for money. Mm-hmm. Bring her over there and let her carry on and do all the stuff she do here. She let her do it over there. That's yeah, and it, it, it definitely is by design. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I definitely do think that higher powers at these labels and in the government, if you want to keep it funky, control the music and the stuff we listen to and the stuff we get fed. Can I tell you, I just I just watched um, uh, They Cloned Tyrone right. last night and I, I watched I saw it too. And, and I was like, you know, I feel like it's a bigger message there somewhere. And, you know, are are we paying attention is the question. You know what I mean? Are we paying attention? Because a lot of these people really are brainwashed. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I was even saying the other day, like, I really do feel like the music has a lot to do with where we are and where we have devolved to. And I'm going to use the word devolve. Like where we have devolved to as as a society, I feel like the music is kind of the soundtrack for the crap that's happening. The the stuff right. that's happening is because what we're listening to, what we're being fed on a daily basis, and this is the kind of stuff they they want them talking about. My pussy pink, my booty hole brown. Like she's from St. Louis, I, so you why know that. Did, and I know that, and I'm I just feel like why <laughs> she can't rap. She cannot rap. Why? It's a whole joke. It's a joke. It, it don't even. It's not even sonically appealing. So I could see. I could see if it was like some good like lyricism or wordplay with the same exact type of content, right? I could see if she was riding a beat, something. It's it's trash. It's it, it's like it's offbeat. Her, and I'm not. I'm not shitting on sexy red, but it's just not good music. It's just not good music. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that the people who listen to it and who consume that music think it's good music. I think they consume it as you, what you were saying a minute ago. They're brainwashed. They well, see everybody else is listening to it, so they think they have to listen to it. And well, see, Sean, I think I I think that our age group is saying that part of it is. It's it it's not our age group that's supporting it. And but it's never our age group that has ever been supporting the business. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Our, by the time, you know, you get to like the 30s and stuff, like we not the people that's running what's on the airwaves. It's it's the kids, it's the teenagers, it's the 20 year olds, you know what I mean? It's what they want to hear. And I think a lot of them have grown up with the mess because they are the they are the generation that grew up with reality TV. They are the generation that grew up with social media. You know what I mean? So this is all they know. So I don't feel like they're listening to it and saying, Oh, this is trash. I feel like they're this is their norm. This is what they are used to. And again, I'm going to go bigger. If you want to attack a country, you attack it from the inside. You attack it from the youth because those are the future leaders. And I just personally feel like, again, I'm going to side with Trump on that whole TikTok stuff because that feels like we have been attacked from the outside (laughs) with stuff like social media and TikTok. And all they, they got us focused on dancing and acting a fool. 
Nobody right. wants to really go to school to be a doctor. Everybody want to YouTube. Yeah, what happened to those days? Like Exactly. So I, I met a kid the other day on Thursday at the internship, and I asked him, he's in an internship for TV and film. I said, what do you want to do Like when you graduate from high school? He was like, I want to be a, uh, what did he say? He didn't say content creator. I think he did say content creator. And I guess that's what we do, right? We're content creators, but we fell into that. We didn't like say we want to be a content creator. We are in space. We creative anyway. We we have a career. We have our education. And we, you know, but to actually hear someone say that they want to be a content creator was kind of wild to me. I mean, what happened to like doctors and like firemen and cops and these, yeah. We're fucked. Even even with that, Sean, like even doctors and cops and 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 lawyers, they all on some level, if they want to be successful at this point, have to be content creators. Right. That's where we are. You know what I mean? Like they they have if they want to bring in the right kind of business, the way that people are so brainwashed that if this doctor doesn't have some huge reputation on social media, they don't want to go to that doctor. So this doctor got to figure out how to make themselves popular or they won't get clients. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they don't care about the education. They care about which one is more popular, who has the most like and they could have right. they could have the most clients and the most malpractice cases and you they wouldn't care. They oh, wouldn't that care is, if they got a million followers. I'm still going to that doctor. <laughs> it's crazy. Let me ask you this though. You know, rap is not what it was when we were coming up, but it has been on the decline, even on the charts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it's not charting. We had a little Uzi, that was the first rap album. That charted this year at number one, but there hasn't been a number one rap single since Nicki Minaj, Super Freaky Girl. This is like the longest in like 20-something years that we haven't seen a rap song at the top of the charts. So the music is taking a hit at the label as well and on the charts as well. Do you, what do, do, you, you do you think it has anything to do with the fact that women are running hip-hop right now? I think that that is a part of it. I think that the labels are not pulling the strings. The people in the suits are not doing what they would do if it was a bunch of men on. But the quality is not there either, though. This is fact. Because the, even the stuff that... that Now, I'm, I'm not going to act like me and wasn't talking about killing each other and, and selling drugs and and doing drugs and and you know, having sex with women, but, um, that's the women, typically the women that are popping right now, the content is really just something about their bodies or something about sex. It's literally, it's, it's all sex. It's all, it's all exploit my body, exploit my body. Look at my body, look at my body, look at my body, look at my body, look at my body. Watch me twerk. Watch me twerk. Watch me. Oh, that, okay, that, so what's the difference do. between the new girls and like Little Kim and Boxy Brown? So you know what's so funny? Me and my sister were just having this conversation the other day. I I think you. It was funny. She said that she was watching a conversation between Nicki Minaj and Sexy Red, and she actually found herself feeling away. And my my sister, I remember when Nicki Minaj came out, she really liked her. I, and I I think that Nicki Minaj is actually like a really great lyricist. 
Uh, she talks about other stuff, yes, but I think she's she is a great writer. Um, but at the time, my sister said she was watching the the conversation and she felt a little offended because she was like, I would have been offended if I was sexy red because she said that Nicki Minaj was like, what's up with the whole booty hole brown or something? I guess uh, she said it and she said that Nicki Minaj's uh, response was like she was appalled. And my sister was thinking like, how you going to be appalled? Like she got it from you. She's just, a, this is an evolution of of the shit you and, and Lil' Kim started. How, how are you appalled? by her like going further you know what i'm saying like it just it don't really make a whole lot of sense like this is kind of what happened like it's evolution you know what i'm saying eventually it was going to get there you know what i mean and she is she is a result of what started with you cuz right. a lot of attention was on body and sex and and listen i this is where it went further cuz i told my sister a lot of this starts all of it started with men Let's just be 100 because, again, if you think about even how Lil' Kim started, that was Puff Daddy. That was Biggie. Like, they they created that image. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm like, low-key, like, people want to put it on the women, but it didn't start with the women. It didn't. Queen Latifah had on African, uh, African dashikis and stuff. MC Light was fully clothed. You know what I'm saying? That started with a man. A man created Lil' Kim's image, period. And and it worked. And and she was followed by other women because they saw that it worked. But a man did that. Period. Women didn't do that. Women didn't create that. That is true. That is true. But I think when Kim and uh Foxy was doing it, it was a variety in the raps. So it they was. were giving you variety. It was um and they was just, they was barred up. It was just different. It was like, it was a talent. Even mm-hmm. though they were talking about shit I don't know anything about, mm-hmm. it was a talent behind that. The stage presence, the mm-hmm. image crafted, you know, and it was, they was barred up. And I think, too, what helped Kim and Foxy, again, they were... They were lyricists. Variety. They were lyricists, and they was giving yeah. us variety. They you were lyricists, I mean? and they and they were great performers. But again, the image was What's curated by, by a man. Period. Right. By a man. Right. And and that's because the men knew what the men were going to pay attention to, and that's right. pretty much what's happening right now. Whether the men are listening to the music or not, the men like watching them shake their ass, and that's why they win. That's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. Speaking so, of the men. They don't they don't even care. That's how bad it is. They don't even care what these women are saying. They will literally sit there and fight you about how they don't even listen to these songs, <laughs> but they watching her shake her ass. Right, 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 <laughs> right. When I was at Essence and Megan and Stallion was up there, you know who was at the front of the stage? A bunch of niggas. Mm-hmm. Period. Looking at her shake her ass. Because that's what they care about. That's what they want to see. And I'm like, right. and this is why it's front and center. This is why it's winning. And men will argue you up and down. I saw my, I have one of my friends and we argued about this once. And then I watched uh, Ray Daniels. He was arguing with a girl on his show, uh, basically saying, we don't listen to that. Okay, you don't have to listen to it, but you're watching. But you're watching it. Right, period. right, right. And that's all they need. You watching. And that's why they are where they are. That's why you seeing all these girls go out and be, get these BBLs. They ain't getting it for us. I don't give a fuck about her BBL. You care about her BBL. I don't know if okay. men really like that. <laughs> men like 
I don't think men like BBLs. Like, I know some that that will tell you I'll pay for it. I know a few that they, they they don't care nothing about the fact that it's fake if it look good. They'll tell you they'll pay for it. So they be having like gargantuan booties with like childish thighs. That some of them go overboard. Thing. Some of them go overboard. I've I've actually seen some BBLs that look really good. I have I got a friend that she like you wouldn't you would never be able to tell she had a BBL. It looks really good. Some of them look good. Some of them just get out of control though. Right, 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 right. Speaking of men though, these these niggas is out here canceling concerts and tours because of low ticket sales. What do you, what's your take on that? Well, and these are like these are like big like big names for now, like Lil Durk, Lil Baby. I seen I seen one of them. I'm not about to say no names. I seen one of them live. Not good. I I believe that. I again, it goes back to the music kind of being trash. And on top of the fact, what I've noticed, um, like um, I remember seeing Saweetie. I, which I actually respect, sweetie, because she seems like she actually cares about stuff like that. Like she'll actually go to work and figure out how to get right. better. But I, I've noticed with a lot of these rappers, even with uh, what's her name, Ice Spice, um, when she first came out, terrible performer. Like they just kind of get on stage and hold the mic, and it's like, don't nobody did nobody come to see you do that? Like right. no, people came for a performance. So I think that's part of it. People aren't really performing anymore. On top of the fact that they're not really getting a great performance. Like on top of the fact that the music is not good, they're not really getting a great performance. On top of all of that, um, and then. Um, I, I personally kind of get into the stars and whatnot, so I, I'm I'm kind of not really surprised that this is is happening, just because it's kind of aligned to happen. Like music, based on some things that are happening in the universe, is not really set up to do that great right now. You know what I mean? So low ticket sales would be a thing. Music taking a hit right. would be a thing. Matter of fact, over over the next month, you're probably about to see music take another hit. And, and, and especially because, you know, it's not really filled with people that are really feeding the machine anything positive. I honestly don't feel like you're going to start seeing music come back in, in the way that we know it until people really start getting in and creating stuff that people care about again. I think, I think it's going to be a minute and like you got to see that switch happen. I really do believe that. Cause even if you, if you um, look at what a lot of these younger kids are, are getting into, I noticed like people around my sister's age, she, she's like 25 or whatever like they're so starved with like some of this trash that they're going back into the archives. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, yeah, that's a thing. I catalog music. Mm-hmm. Like they're going yeah. back into listening to older music because that's the stuff that's like feeding them. It's it's actually good music. It's not trash. That's why I said earlier that I don't think that the kids like the actual music that's out. I think they are just told to like it. Mm-hmm. So they act like they like it. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying now is people are going back to the stuff that mm-hmm. we came up on, mm-hmm. catalog music. Mm-hmm. They know, so these kids know real music. These kids know real music. 
I mean, look I, at Miguel's shirt I've seen thing. Some of them, yes. But like Miguel's a, a great example. Uh, he's R&B singer, but sure thing that was like his biggest charting song. Thirteen mm-hmm. years after the song originally came out, why? Because R&B music is trash. Music is mm-hmm. trash, and you know people went back to what was real and what felt good mm-hmm. and what took actual talent. And mm-hmm. Miguel was one of the people that they grabbed from. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you look at the R&B and rap charts, you see a lot of, on Spotify, you'll see a lot of the older music kind of, you know, like people are listening to the old shit. They're not listening mm-hmm. to these. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that these young folks they they have an understanding. Right. I think I, they but they can't articulate it, but I think they kind of right. I guess. Right. But I, I, I still think and, and I agree with you. I, I agree with you because some of them are are they understand like, OK, I got to go back into right. like this older music. And, and, and a lot of them are feeling like, OK, let me go let me listen to that. Let me go listen to this or whatever. But there's still a good amount of them. Like this is, this is what it is for them. They, they're not, they don't, some of them don't even have the capacity to think outside of what's on the radio right now. They're not right. digging back into the archives. They're not like, Oh, well, what was hot in the eighties? You know what I mean? That takes a certain level of thought. If you ask me that a lot of these kids don't really have because TikTok is draining them of it. TikTok, it, they, mostly kids don't think for themselves. You know what I'm saying? They right. really don't. And, and I say this because I, I've, I have my, look, my music classes that I teach in these middle schools and these high schools. These kids are not thinking like that. I'm telling you, the 12-year-olds are walking in talking about my booty, my booty hole. Bro. I, I, was, I was blown away. By the stuff that they are listening to, and I'm telling wow. you, these little kids, all of them are not thinking like that. You'll have a good amount of them that know, you know, what I'm saying that that this is not it, and and maybe I should be looking for something else. But a a lot of these younger kids are very content with what it is that they're getting. That's you crazy because we grew up, and I don't know what kind of household you grew up in, but. My mom and dad was playing Tony Braxton and Heavy D and Temptation. My mom was Jackson. playing Harry Connick Jr. and Mich- Mich- uh, Michelle Indegay-Cello and Tracy Chapman and, yeah. and Anita Baker and Steve. And then we Baker. end up listening <laughs> to that. Right, exactly. So how? So are these parents listening to that music? And the kids no, just- that's why the kids like, have you seen TikTok? That's where they they getting it from their parents. And it's because these babies are having babies. I saw a a little girl. I saw a little baby. I'm telling you, Sean, this little girl, she couldn't have been no more than like two years old. And it was one of those songs. uh, it, It was one of those songs that was kind of like the sexy red record that's out. I don't think it was the sexy red record. But this little two year old is mouthing the words. Matter of fact, I'm gonna see if I can find it because. I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe it. People are like, there's no way the girl know the lyrics to this song. And I'm telling you, she, if you will, you watch her sing it. She knew every word. And wow. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to so see. My, ne- my niece like K-pop. So she's 14 or 15. I, which is I, weird. Okay, here it is right here. Hold on. 
I'm out here in Miami, this record. To see this clip and to watch this full episode, go to patreon.com forward slash hearasap. That is patreon.com forward slash H-E-A-R-A-S-A-P. I'm trying to tell you, these kids ain't getting it from nowhere. They get it from their ratchet parents. (laughs) Send that to me, too. Send that to me. (laughs) (laughs) They are not getting it from nowhere. Trust me. Another trend that the, the that's hitting that the kids is on is an NPC trend. What do you think about that? I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's funny. Um, I I think when it was just the pinky dog girl, um, I had more respect for it just because she was doing something different. And now that everybody right. is doing it, eh, I'm I don't I can't really say I'm with the trend. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Why Why do you want to act like a video game? Like, I, I again, it was cute when when Pinky Doll was doing it because Pinky it Doll, cool. yes, 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 right, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, so <laughs> NPC, non-player character, mm-hmm. um, AI, that's what they're mimicking. So mm-hmm. it's been out for a long time, but it's been Asian. It was a very Asian-dominated oh, like, okay. space. Got it. And it broke through when you seen the Black girl, Pinky Doll, doing it. And right away, I was into it. I, mm-hmm. I Right away. I mm-hmm. love seeing Black people win in spaces that we are mm-hmm. typically not allowed in. I mm-hmm. love seeing black people be weird and nerds mm-hmm. in spaces mm-hmm. that we're typically not allowed to be in, mm-hmm. you know? And then I love seeing Pinky Doll. They say she makes like two to three K a day. Mm-hmm. I even sent her some money. <laughs> <laughs> I but, saw. <laughs> but I love that a black girl is dominating that space. And I love mm-hmm. that a lot of black girls are dominating. I haven't, I've seen one white girl who does NPC. But the most of the girls that I've seen have been black girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they're making bread. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, oversaturation, I definitely think that that's a thing. And that's what's annoying you, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they're not talking about their pussy pink and their booty hole being brown. They're not promoting drugs or anything like that. They're mimicking video games and characters in video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where's the harm in that, you know? I think there there is no harm in it. I think, like you said, the only thing that really does bother me is uh, the oversaturation and the fact I kind of get annoyed with copycats because I'm a creator. I'm I'm an originator. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and that's not to say I don't get inspired by things. I'm I'm constantly inspired. That's that's how I create. You know what I mean? Um, But I don't copy. You know what I mean? Like, I always try to find myself in what I'm creating, if that makes sense. And I think, you know, we live in 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 this society where it, it does benefit people to copy. You know what I mean? So and and it's OK. Get get your money. Like if, if it's going to get you a bag, like, cool, like, right. go, go right. get it. But I can't really say I got a whole lot of respect for it. I, I don't. Mm. I can't really get with the whole copycat thing. I feel like it's her thing. Let her let her have her thing. That is true. That you know is true. Well, I mean, shout out to Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova mm-hmm. flew her out here, and supposedly she got a song that's coming out pretty soon. Oh it's back God. to the, the shit we were talking about earlier. Low hanging fruit, low entry. She got a song coming out um, on Fashion Nova Records or, <laughs> or some I shit, can't. which is a whole other show. 
you know, another podcast, but I like that Fashion Nova and another brand I saw reached out to her. I like I like that they're reaching out to her and mm-hmm. not the copycats. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I mean you know, that's just how it goes though. We'll see how it goes. That's why mm-hmm. I say I, I say is it pays to be the first, man. It really does. Yeah. It always pays to be the first. And she's a nice looking girl too. Mm-hmm. So she, you know. They said she's busting it wide open on OnlyFans. I don't know if that hurts your career anymore. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, but, especially as a uh, like this country, nah, it might help. They matter of fact, right. she's probably making even more money on OnlyFans, considering right, right. the fact that she's huge on TikTok, and and most of these people probably do want to see her naked. So she probably making even more money there. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Pinky Doll is Pinky Doll on TikTok, that's her name. She's from Montreal. Canada, which blew my mind because now I want to go to Canada. Is already they got black people out there in Canada? Well, I know they do in Toronto, but Montreal speak French and shit. Of course, they got black people, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that there was a sizable population out there mm-hmm. enough for her to, you know, be the thing. And then I saw her son; she got a black son. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let me find out Montreal. You know, making moves. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, P- Pinky mm-hmm. Doll out there. Take it over there. Do you think she's really making that much money? Well, I sent her seventy dollars. In total, I probably sent her seventy bucks. You think she's I, making like a bag like that? I do because if if you've seen even some of those videos, my uh, Geo, she she um, goes live on TikTok fairly well. I wouldn't say often. She's done it a few different times though, and my understanding is when people send her gifts that translates to money oh. and it's been a few times that she goes on there and I've, I've heard about the money that she's made just for going live and talking to her fans and um again it comes from the gifts so when you watch pinky's videos and people are sending like those gifts and putting that stuff on her face and all the stuff that she's responding to that's money right. that's going to her account so absolutely i i believe she making she probably making more than what you think she's making. I would, wow. I would guess, especially because she's become more popular now. You know, Man. she was probably making that when when barely anybody knew who she was, and now right. that everybody know who she is, she probably making more than that. And I'm not rich, and she got seventy dollars out of me. So imagine <laughs> exactly, if she got seventy out of you, trust me, she 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 cleaning up. I could believe it. Shout out to Picky Doll. Shout out to all the black nerds out there who mm-hmm. you know making a bag or whatever because we don't mm-hmm. again we don't see ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ourselves in those spaces. So I don't, I don't know if I care about the NPC thing. I'm fascinated with seeing black people in that space. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to support. I'm going to jump on it. Mm -hmm. This is why you're here though. Let's get to why you're really here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I said that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis' best song is Come Back to Me by Janet Jackson on the Rhythm Nation album. Come back to me. And you disputed that. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I could tell you why it's the best song to me. Okay, what's your number one Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis production? Okay, so it's it's gonna be two. It okay. has to be two. It has to. It's it's no way that I it could just okay. be it's no way. So one, the first one, I'm gonna say again by Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Probably the best one. And I'm going to go with the simplicity and the melody of that. And for the simple fact, I don't know that a lot of people know they were nominated for an Oscar for that record. Um, and it's just a beautiful song. And if you really even listen to it, it's not like I'm I'm that type of person. And I guess this is kind of how they taught me too. Um I'm I'm one of those people. If it needs a whole bunch of backgrounds and a whole bunch of production, it's probably uh, not really that great of a song. Right. And if you really listen to that song, there is not a whole lot going on. And it's it's still an amazing record. And it's just her lead. If you really think and listen to that song, it's just her I heard lead. all the friends today. <laughs> she said was mm-hmm. um, yeah. If you wow. really listen to it, she she's carrying that song. And think about how light Janet's voice is. Like yeah. Janet's voice is carrying this song from the beginning, from the start to the finish. So to me, that says it's an amazing record. It didn't really need a whole bunch of production. It didn't really need a, a whole bunch of backgrounds. And then number two, I'm going to say uh, Four Seasons Along Me. Oh, yes. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Like, I want to go back to again. You got a good, you right. got a good choice. <laughs> I feel like when I hear like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis got their templates. Like every producer mm-hmm. has their template. Every every producer has this. And mm-hmm. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis is my favorite, one of my favorites. Every four to like six songs kind of sound the same. Mm-hmm. If you do their whole slate, everybody do this. But I hear again, I think of uh, Tender Lover, and I think of Every mm-hmm. Time. That was the honorable the piano. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so they got a lot of songs with the, with the uh, what is it, acoustic piano? What is it? Mm-hmm. They got a lot of songs like that. And mm-hmm. again, is one of those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a great song. Their melody is king type people. Like, so the, wow. the melody's always going to carry the record for them. And and like I said, I think that's kind of probably one of the biggest uh, lessons that I learned just from being a writer over there. Because I, before, you know, I was really into Brandy and what they were doing. Like, yes, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. But at the time when I was coming up, Brandy was huge. So right. the backgrounds and, and the beds the and the layers. Layer and, vocals. Yeah, you know, LaShawn Daniels was like really doing his thing yeah. at that point. And so I came in with an ear that was kind of like like that. I wanted to hear the backgrounds. And I remember I put these songs together and I have like all these intricate backgrounds and all this stuff going on in my mind. I'm like, yo, dang, dang, doing it like this. You know what I'm saying? Uncle T would come in and on the board, he'd just start pulling stuff down. And I'm like, that's the, that's the best part. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? why would you do that? Do you hear those backgrounds? And his thing was, it's not really a great song. If it can't live without that, it's probably wow. not a good song, Carla. You I've know never what I'm thought so of you that. You really need to go back in and rethink that melody because this one ain't standing by itself. Like, And then That's... another thing, like they used to always tell me, like if you go into these meetings, if they can't play that song on like... like The demo. If the demo what? don't hit... It's not, yeah, I've always just, heard that. But playing it low, that's the thing. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people go into those meetings oh. and they'll play the, they'll play you. Anything that's loud can make you feel like it's a good song. You know what I'm saying? So right. if, if you got to turn it up and blast it for people to get it, it's probably not a good song. It, if they can turn it down on low, have that thing playing and still feel it and know that it's a good song and say, hey, turn that up. You probably got something on your hands. <laughs> wow. You might have one, but typically, I, it's it's not a good song if it need all of that. It's not. You kind of you're kind of like shitting on my choice. Come back to me because that's a very <laughs> very um, background driven. But we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Voicemen Four Seasons of Loneliness, one of my favorite groups. Seen them two times in concert. I've seen them as four original ones with my sister when I was younger, then I seen them in Vegas, mm-hmm. both great shows or whatever. It is three of them now, but, but I was listening to that song probably like a couple of years ago and singing along, love the song. And I was like, I wonder who, I swear to you, it sounds like a Janet Jackson song, mm-hmm. especially when Sean Stockman come in. I was like, that's very melody driven. Like, and I looked mm-hmm. at Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? These niggas is like genius. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. fact that these four grown men, it sounds like a Janet Jackson song, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that they bodied it and made it like 
their song, mm-hmm. but it still has those elements that like, I wonder if people like listen to music like that or like put that together. It sounds like a Janet Jackson song. Well, you know, um, Jimmy Jam is 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 really like he's the piano player. Um, right. uh, Terry Lewis is is the bass player, but with with Jam being the piano player, he is like a lot of those melodies really do come from him because even the stuff that I've written with Uncle Z and Jam, um, Jam will give me a track that already has the melody that he thinks should be there embedded in in the song. Like he will send you, well, will send me. He'd send me the tracks with his melody on it, and I'm writing to his melody. So it, it, that could be a lot of the reason that it sounds right. the same because he really does drive a lot of those. And, and all of Janet Jackson's music is Jimmy Jam material, mm-hmm. so pretty much like well, uh, and again, the melodically, what you're hearing is Jimmy Jam. Okay. Like Jam's melodies is is pretty much Jam's melodies is pretty much Janet Jackson. That's pretty dope. <laughs> why is that? Why is that your number two though? Like your close number one, Four Seasons of Loneliness. Yeah, cause it's it's an amazing song. Like production wise, the harmony, those, those like lyrics is crazy song, too. The the lyrics and 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 that's legit. I'm telling you the way it works out. You got Jam on the melody, you got Terry Lewis on the lyrics, and Terry Lewis is is probably one of the most profound people that you will ever talk to in your life. He will have you completely rethinking life. Like, how am I living life? Because what in the world? You just blew my mind. So a lot of these lyrics, like he's teaching. He's not just, he ain't just putting words in these songs. He, the way he feels like music is supposed to be is music is supposed to teach you. It's supposed to be one of those things. If you're in a bad mood, you know what I'm saying? You can listen to it and it brings you up. Or even if you're in a sad mood, you can listen to it and it can aid you in in, in what you're feeling right. at the moment. Like he sees music differently than most people, but that's why he's Terry Lewis too. You know what I mean? So with between him and Jam, like it's just it's it's just a masterful team. You know what I mean? It really is. Wow. That's just an incredible, incredible song. And how do these two dudes have so much music in them that just never that's they're like musicians. they're musicians and you know they've known each other since i, I want to say jam told me that that they met when he was like 12 years old like yeah they I, were, I, I they were the little kids we did a doc i probably said this to you before we did a doc on them a few years ago mm-hmm. that never i don't know if it's coming out or not but um they've known each other since they were like since they were kids 10 11 12 all of them the whole the whole time they all knew yeah. each other from the time that they were like little kids even prince i want to say they said if i'm not mistaken i think jam was 12 and and he said right. prince was like 14 like they all and grew up together just making music jamming out and jam kind of grew up listening to like more rock mhm and you i know, think jam's dad was into music too so he kind of had yeah, a history. yeah dope though but that's that's an incredible song. That song's kind of busy though. 
I I personally liked it being again being a person that really does like I I really do mess with backgrounds as much as like my understanding about it and the way that I typically build my songs is to make sure that my lead is going to be strong by itself before I start right. putting stuff in there but I love background heavy heavy stuff because I like harmonies you know what I mean again I'm a right. melody is king type person too so I feel like harmonies in in any way that I can use them um or backgrounds or like, you know, bits of, of vocals. All of that stuff is beautiful to me. You know what I mean? It's just, I just focus on making sure the actual song is carrying it, if that makes sense, right. <laughs> rather than the backgrounds making the song better, you know? Come, come Back to Me is my favorite Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis mm-hmm. song. I don't know. I, there's different categories, right? But when it comes to like musicianship, and like everything they could do, production, songwriting, Janet, um, Herb Alpert in the background, strings, mm-hmm. orchestra, that's that song to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the song sounds like it's getting louder as you listen to it. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like it's getting louder and like the video was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet was amazing on the song. Mm-hmm. The strings is just incredible. It takes you to like another place when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, it shows you that they know their way around a the studio. They know real music. They know the orchestra. They know the strings. They have their relationships with all the music. It, it just, it's a flex on everything they know how to do on that mm-hmm. one song. Mm-hmm. Come back to me. And um, it, it's just an amazing, it's just an amazing song. Like, and it kind of undercuts Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's um, like signature templates or formats. Mm-hmm. With all the extra strings and because they're kind of you know a lot of the music is funky for the most part, mm-hmm. especially around that era. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, especially on Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a standout track on Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a loan on there. She had that, but like it, it was just Rhythm Nation is very aggressive that era and black music in general. New Jack Swing. The music was very heavy, hard hitting, mm-hmm. very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Tammy Terry Lewis was always like funky, had like a funky like undertone, everything they did. And then there's this song that just has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just a it's like a flex. It was a huge flex to me. Mm-hmm. I come back to me, does it for me every time. I even listen to the instrumental. And I'm just like, it's it's a beautiful song. I, I mean I'm I'm a fan of of everything they do. I'm gonna be honest with you, like so. Right. But I I do have my favorites for for my reasons, and I don't know that I would make that number one. It's a great okay. song, but it's just not my number one. <laughs> I go through so that's that's always my number one Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis song. I mm-hmm. go through phases, so mm-hmm. I go through phases and I go through eras. Like I I find myself tapping into like the stuff they did in between the time, mm-hmm. Sherelle, mm-hmm. um. Janet Control, New Edition, Human League. I'm in that like space now, mm-hmm. like the 80s. I'm in that space right now. I love do what you, they did with Human League. Do you know that? And, and, and we ain't even talked about New Edition because, like, yeah. do you know that I really went, I was just listening to Can You Stand the Rain, um, the other. Come on. And One of the best RB songs of all time. And it's so it crazy. Every and, mark. Can I tell you that at my big age, as many times as I've heard that song, 
And as many times as, by, as I've sang those words, can I tell you that I just realized recently after being signed to them for 10 years what that song was about? Problems, right? And, and I, when I tell you, my mind was blown because, you know, I, and it could be because I'm kind of like in, in that stage of my life where it's like, okay, relationships are not always going to be easy. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, okay, can find somebody that's willing to to go through the hard shit with you. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, that's what the song's about. Can you say Yeah, and but and I problems. think that's why it hit me for the yeah. first time because it was I was in that headspace of okay, just find the person that's willing to do the hard shit with you. And I and then this song comes on, and I'm just like, wait a minute. I'm like, is that what this been about this whole time? Your whole life you've been listening <laughs> to this song. My and whole then it dawns on you. Yeah. And, but it then you take a, on me. <laughs> you take a different liking to the song. Mm-hmm. That's 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 some incredible songwriting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that we listen to that song in a in a boy's men song, Four Seasons of Loneliness, mm-hmm. our whole lives and did not mm-hmm. know what was going on. You got to go through it. You got to understand it. Yeah. The, all, the reason I got it was because I understood it then. That's 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 where right. I was in my head. But I think that's a, a, another testament to how amazing they are as writers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I always say, like, about the book, I'm not sure if you've ever read The Alchemist. Um, but every time I read The Alchemist, I, I read it. I, I read it expecting to understand, like, well, at this point, I don't because I know every time I read it, I, I read it in a different, a different way. I understand thing, yeah. it differently. You know what I mean? But I think that's a testament to the fact that that Pablo Coelho is is an amazing writer because every time I read it from whatever book. space I'm in, yeah. I understand it differently. You know what I mean? So uh they're they're just they're amazing songwriters and and that's the type of stuff like they're timeless writers you know what i'm saying they're timeless writers like i'm pretty sure at some other point that song is gonna is probably gonna mean something even more different to me you know what i mean but in this in this particular space in my life where i'm at where i'm at it was speaking directly to me and i understood that song in a way i never understood it before and I was right. like, wow, they are really amazing songwriters. This is crazy. <laughs> definitely are. That whole any heartbreak. I feel like that's my favorite. That's my favorite era. Like mm-hmm. the Sherelle, the Fragile album, the Fair album, any heartbreak, control, mm-hmm. and rhythm nation are probably like my favorite like blocks of albums mm-hmm. that they done. And I like to listen to them all at the same time and put them on shuffle. Mm-hmm. It, they're very similar when you listen to them. Mm-hmm. The song sound the same, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. whole era. So I, I I geek out over that. But the song of theirs that I just got into was or is Major Blige Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been getting the Tevin Campbell uh treatment, can you talk treatment? I've been hearing that song out a lot. They mm-hmm. play it on the radio. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it's an amazing song. And what stood out to me about that song, they have so much range. Mm-hmm. Number one. But what stood out to me about that song, they sample like five songs on that song. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's kind of unheard of. And it's, it's aggressive. Their music mm-hmm. is aggressive, mm-hmm. very aggressive, because they sample like four or five songs that we all know. Mm-hmm. And then when you like look at the, the notes of the song and you're like, oh, shit, they sample it all because then they, they sampled so many different songs. Mm-hmm. And made it their own but then it's like not 
annoying like these new samples we're hearing today. Mm-hmm. I mean, but um, they they're also like they they craft that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they, yeah. they understand music. They studied right. it. Like, you know, so I, I think again, that's just that is just I think that's what it used to be. Like and and if you think about the history of like how people used to have to put songs together um, because the studio wasn't as accessible. So they used to have to like really spend time on doing this stuff or they could really waste a lot of money. You know what I mean? Because they'd be in the studio trying to get it right. And this is back when, you know, they were making music when it was, there was, they were still putting it on tape. You know what I mean? So they had to be, great musicians like these people really had to study what they were doing like it it was a different kind of effort that had to go into it these like you couldn't just go in there playing around you know right and and especially people that look like us we didn't have money to be going in studios playing around we couldn't take and erase it and take it erase it take you know what i mean like so this is a different kind of effort you know like they they are really craftsmen if that makes sense Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Back to what you were saying, uh, Busy, you know, you were talking about Brandy. Today is the third anniversary of B7. Okay. That album. And I did not connect with that album because I thought it was overproduced. I think. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. The, I think the only song that I really messed with that I probably played over again or I, I'll play often is Borderline. That's the only one. Yeah. And I was surprised by that because I love Brandy. I was very yeah, Brandy, come on. Brandy is go. A lot of these girls, they don't even know it, but they're influenced by Brandy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But Most I thought of the music album, is influenced by Brandy. <laughs> or LaShawn Daniels. LaShawn <laughs> Daniels. Mm-hmm. I thought that the I thought the album was overproduced. I thought it was over like vocals was too much. Mm-hmm. Stacks was too much. It's so funny too because her, LaShawn Daniels, and Rodney Jerk, and, and rest in peace, big fit, big shiz. Yeah, they had a chemistry, and as soon as you, as soon as she was like, "I can't do it with y'all," the music took a hit, and it's just like, I mean, that's usually when it happens. When but they-, they still went on to do great things without her. Mm-hmm. What, like, how do we make that not happen again with the next artist? I don't know. It it could just be an evolution of of how the stuff works because I think normally, like you kind of, I I, I kind of get it because you can't really put a creative in a box if they really are creative people. Like they do, they want to come out and do different stuff. You know what I mean? Right. As as a creative, I don't want to keep making the same songs over and over and over again. I want after a while, I want things to sound a little bit different. But I do think that maybe producers and that that producer artist relationship potentially i think if they have something that works producers could just be a little bit more open about allowing other people to come in and help them make things sound a little bit different i do notice um one of the last albums that uncle t and jam worked on with janet i noticed that they invited jd and like it was a few this is when i first got signed like there were a few different times where jd was in the studio and helping them put it together and That's i do feel Joe like album. yeah exactly so i i think and then they had uh bobby ross and, and izzy 
and they're working. You know what I mean? So I think, and and then you had Big Jim. I just, I think that being open to other sounds, not feeling like you need to be the person that's doing everything um, after a while, it, that's probably a way to keep your artists happy because they're not, they are going to want to venture out. They are going to want to work with people they've never worked with before, especially if other people are making hits that are on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like, like say for real. And, and at the time that the Neptunes was popping up, everybody going to want a song with a for real. So, right. okay. Like you, this is your artist, like invite them into the fold, give, allow them to have something new that works because if you're involved and you understand this sound, you know what I'm saying? You could help them curate this sound for this artist, because you know this artist, you know what I'm saying? Don't right, have them right. come in and turning them into whatever everybody else is, what they've turned everybody else into. You know what I mean? Have work together with them, you know what I'm saying? To do what needs to be done for the artist that you helped to create. So I think, you know, people kind of come off of that selfish thing a little bit. Um, or I like, like the that. primary producer, though, on the, the album, the project. I like the concept. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Dame Marie, Rich Harrison. You know, mm-hmm. I think Aaliyah did a great job at it. Aaliyah and Timberland and Missy, but Aaliyah mm-hmm. had other producers on her. And yeah. On her, you know, um, it was so funny because I was having a conversation with someone about A. Marie, and I was like, she deserved so much more. She deserved a longer run. Mm-hmm. And I said in that conversation, I said, I don't think that she would have been able to do it without Rich Harrison, though mm-hmm. I saw Aaliyah doing it without Timberland. Mm-hmm. I don't think because Anne-Marie's sound was so, um, I mean, they say Janet can't do it without Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You know what I mean? I think people mm-hmm. get so used to like a sound and nobody's reading the notes like us, but there's a subconscious psychological thing that we attach when we listen to music. And once that formula is broken, the artist takes a hit. If even still though, if, if you really think about it, like you're, you're referencing Aaliyah and it's, it's pretty much, it was that with Aaliyah, like what I'm saying, like, like Timbaland and and Missy were kind of executive producers behind that. I don't think she was walking in those situations with those other producers oh, by herself. They, like that's what I was saying. Like with with Jimmy J and Terry Lewis when they did invite JD in, they were still oh. executive producing because that's pretty much what a producer is. It's just producing right. out the album because you know who this artist is. So help to curate and A and R this this project. You don't have to produce everything. But you can produce this album, you know what I mean, that that right. has stuff on it that you know works because you understand who this artist is. You know what I mean? So right. um, I, I do believe that that's, that could be a way that works to keep those teams together. But a lot of times, you know, ego gets involved and, and people just, they feel like they could do stuff without you know what I mean? Or or by themselves. Like once ego right. get involved, that's usually that's when right. stuff starts going crazy. Yeah. Like because I've seen it with, with people that I've worked with and I ain't gonna name no names, but I've definitely seen ego. I, like get I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen ego get involved and, and ruin some stuff for sure. Who do you think got next in the music space when it comes to produ- 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 production? Who do you think got next? Production? Shh. 
I really don't yeah. know. I, I, I honestly, can, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you who I like. I, I can't say if they got decks. Who do you um, like? It's, it's fairly unknown person here in in Atlanta, and I feel like all the stuff I've heard from him is is top notch. It's a guy. You here. always put somebody on. What's his name? It's a guy in here named B Flat, and all of his stuff is amazing production wise. He's a hundred percenter. He's writing all his stuff. His okay. his ear is crazy with engineering. So I think the people that I like are not really on on like that. And another writer, IV, like is is just that the the, the people I like, they're not on yet. Right, right. They right. coming, but they not on. Keyword, yet. yeah. What artists do you think kind of got it? Somebody who's singing, rapping, like who do you think got it? Besides like the Kendrick, the Beyonce's, who do you think, you know? Like new that's out? Um, kind of sorta. I think Tanashi needs a a boost. I fuck with Tanashi. Okay, I I gotta check her out because I I can't say I'm familiar with all her stuff. That that actually made me <laughs> I was shocked when you said it. Um nobody. Uh, I I will say, oh, you know who I really like? India Sean. And I I like uh Victoria Monet too. Oh, of course, Victoria Monet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. India Sean, Victoria Monet, and Lucky Day would be the 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 male person I think is really dope that's like on right now. And then Yeba. I like Yeba. Yeah. I like it. I like Victoria Monet. I like how she just she stay working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She keeps the content coming, the music is coming, she feeds her fans, mm-hmm. you know, she she's independent too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's dope as fuck. Her music is dope. Her, she could. She's extremely talented, great looking, amazing pen. We are. We, we all know her music. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I like most about her is her work ethic and how she just mm-hmm. is always working mm-hmm. on tour. She's a mom. She's mm-hmm. like a, uh, a wifey. I'm not gonna say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's married or not. But we call her she wifey. Is. But Sean Allen. The music industry. We have to strike with the Screen Actors Guild and the. Writers, what do you think is... I'd love to see songwriters strike. You can make and it happen. I would be on the front lines. Do you Do you think me? it's going to happen? Do you think something like that is going to happen like soon with music? I would hope so. Like People have been out trying to get it done. I think that... it, it See, it's different because we don't have anything like SAG after right. you know what i mean like we need more organization in that way i think uh what um tiffany is doing with the hundred percenters is probably um starting to create a central place for songwriters to come together um that is like-minded songwriters to kind of come together in that way um but I, I think it's a little bit harder because we don't have like a system like sag in place a union uh, they are trying to though right now. Um, right. They they uh, they just put out a petition not too long ago for people to sign to actually unionize songwriters. And I think if if we can get that going, um, yeah, I could see it happening. And and like I said, I'd be on the front lines, absolutely, because I think it's really crazy how songwriters get get treated. Like it's really retarded that everybody in the room is getting paid except me. <laughs> 
Make right. it make sense. I wrote the song. Right. How right. How this person get the engineer got paid and I'm over here struggling to eat. Really? Right. It makes no sense. Like some of the songs that I've been on, the records that I've written, it makes no sense that I should that I shouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? Like what some of these producers and and some of these executives have, what they've been making off of me. Like it's crazy. And and to be honest with you, I've gotten to the point where I don't even respect producers that will will get paid for a session and not pay the songwriter. Cause you know right. good and well what this gonna make you. You know what I mean? Right. right. You know, you know good and well. And you know you also know good and well if this doesn't go anywhere. You was the only person in this room that got paid. You know right. that. So, so before I don't you get to the session, you should have a... I was listening to Jason Martin problem the other day. He was saying before he entered a session, songwriting session, he gets paid. There's an upfront fee. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that was a thing. I thought that you mm-hmm. just went in there and you hoped that your shit got picked up. But That's not the way it's supposed to be. And and for some of these songwriters, there's a good amount of songwriters that have been getting an upfront fee for a long time. You know what I mean? Like they'll go in and because they have like bigger songs, like they right. they have the weight to walk in and say, okay, I'm not doing a session for less than blah, 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 blah. And But the, the, the reality is there's not a lot of songwriters that can walk in and do that. You get a lot of these producers that are taking these sessions and some of them are getting at least 10 grand to go in. So you telling me you got 10 grand to be here today, but you couldn't break me off. Fifteen hundred, two grand to to spend right. my time here helping you write this song. Like even like like two percent of what you made, you couldn't throw that to me to be here right. today. You know what right. I mean? Like that's crazy. So you only getting paid as a songwriter if your song gets picked up and placed. And typically, check this: even if it gets t- picked up and placed, if the song, if the album don't recoup. If they don't right. recoup what they spent to make this thing, you ain't gonna see nothing, Brett. <laughs> You don't get nothing. You basically wow. wrote a hit song and you might have $40 to show for it. Wow. <laughs> so like it's it's gotten crazy out here, especially with this streaming stuff. You know, it's 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 gotten everybody crazy. think they can make music now. Exactly. And I think that has hurt. It allowed people to be more creative and allowed more people in, but now it's oversaturated. So now these producers and these labels, same thing like the TV and film, they could just do whatever the fuck they want to do because people are going to be lined up for the job anyway. Exactly. But that's what was happening with songwriting. That's exactly what was happening because you got people like me. I like legitimately for for some time now, I really I focus a lot of my energy on independent sessions because independent sessions is what keeps food on the table for me. You know what I mean? And I've, I've been blessed to have heard a lot that of those, those situations, you know what I mean? Cause I've been, uh, I've been doing it for a number of years. So people trust me at this point. Um, and I get referred a lot to a, a good amount of people. Um, but, um, like prior to that, like with these big sessions, if I go in and say, okay, this is what I need to show up. They would just not call and they would call somebody that's going to come in and do it for free. And the yeah. people, the the other, the songwriters that would come in and do it for free, they just trying to get on. They don't even yeah. understand they're being taken advantage of. You know what I mean? They don't understand they're being taken advantage of until they write a big hit record and and find out they ain't making no money off of it. And it's like, bruh, we we trying to make this better for you too. Me saying right. I'm not showing up unless you're paying this. 
I'm making this a good situation for you too. If you fall in line and let, let us work together. I'm not going to take this for less than five grand. You need to not take it for less than five grand too. Right. Come in and undercut me. You know what I'm saying? Like if you come in and undercut me, you're making it bad for yourself too down the line. And I think that a lot of them are realizing that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of them are realizing it. And now you got a whole bunch of uproar because all of these songwriters that were undercutting each other are now realizing why they should not have been undercutting uh, their counterparts. And in the first place, now they got AI writing the songs. Mm-hmm. And now you got AI writing the songs. <laughs> and you got AI singing the songs. <laughs> we did it to ourselves. Period. That's the way I wow. see it. Listen, we got to stop taking these jobs. Mm-hmm. We, we got to stop taking these jobs on in, in TV and film. I know we got to put food on the table and shit, but, you know, these people in these suits know that people are going to be lined up for the jobs. Mm-hmm. And they know that people will do the job for free. Mm-hmm. That's why they are able to just pay pennies and pay people what the fuck they want to pay people. Mm-hmm. And it's people like you who been doing it since the beginning of time who got all the accolades it's in your blood it's in your spirit but now you taking a hit because there's people who would do the job for free yeah and then it comes to the thing it's like okay well shit i gotta eat so i gotta take these freaky dink jobs Mm -hmm. i gotta eat you know that's so interesting you said that you like the independent job because i took a transition from scripted to reality tv and doc and game shows 2012 2013 the upfront payment was lower but it was constant work on the reality side and mm-hmm. i had to eat versus on scripted you get like a big paycheck but then you might not see another check for another six 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 mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. you know but with the reality tv which is independent because it's non-union and all those things it was constant work the work wasn't paying as much as scripted mm-hmm. but it was just constant work Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you know, you want to. We want to eat, right? right we want right. to eat. We got bills. It's expensive mm-hmm. to live the way we like to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. any new upcoming projects you want to plug before we wrap up? I'm working on a project right now, but I'll be I'll be ready to share it before the end of the year. But just know <laughs> I'm working on something big. <laughs> and you you know the drill. What should our <laughs> listeners and viewers do ASAP? Follow me on Instagram. Keep up with what I'm doing. And that is Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y underscore in California. That's I-N-C-A-R-L-A-F-O-R-N-I-A. And don't you say nothing by my name, Sean, because I know it's coming. <laughs> like, I'm looking at I'm like, okay, Edges. Okay. And all that's going to be in the description of this episode. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.